0: Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly podcast in which we talk about the secrets behind living the life you've always dreamed of. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Nadia Gualteri. Nadia is a heart-centered entrepreneur. She's a transformational travel specialist. Nadia, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Ellen. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Um, and thanks for this opportunity to share you know, um, with your listeners. And I really feel privileged. So thank you.
0: Oh, sure. You know, I do too, because travel is a passion of mine and learning about what you do, it just, it kind of gets me excited and makes me want to book my next trips. So. Oh, good. <laughs> exciting. Yeah. So like to me, you have, um, built a business, but before you started this transformational travel, um, business and working on the retreats and all the things we're going to talk about before this, you had a corporate job that many people would consider like a dream job. So why don't you tell us, like set us up for how you, you know, got into your business in the first place?
1: Gotcha. Yes, actually, you know, it, it's true. I um, I did have what many would consider a dream job. I used to be a marketing manager for a major luxury cruise line. And so that gave me many, many opportunities to travel and and I got to sell a dream to people. So it was really great. And my whole career was in travel. Uh, and travel has been my passion since I was a little girl. So when I look back, um, I felt when I was working there um, that I was exactly where I needed to be um, because one of the childhood dream. And and, and I had everything, you know, and, and everything in my life has led me to that job. So every single little life experience and defining moment has led me to it. So, of course, I was very happy about it. But I always felt like, it was forced happiness, um, like something deep down um, wasn't right. Something wasn't right, but I couldn't put my finger on it. So on the surface, I had everything I needed, uh, most often time, what I wanted. And, um, but I would also work crazy hours, and I loved the adrenaline rush of it all, you know, um, the big projects, the short deadlines. And, but then, you know, I started asking myself at some point, um, what else could I do, because you know, some, something's telling me this, this is not it. And, and I had no clue. And um, corporate and, and travel and marketing was really all I knew. So, you know, I would just leave it alone and, and just keep doing what I was doing. And, and then I started doing yoga. Then I got my yoga teaching certificate. Then I got on the um, spiritual path of self-discovery and, and Buddhism philosophy. And, and at that point, I had accumulated enough knowledge um, and self-knowledge to where I didn't enjoy the adrenaline rush anymore, and I couldn't—I simply couldn't ignore that little voice inside that told me to to just get out and 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 do something else. But my problem was always the burning question: okay, but what else should I do? What else could I do? And um, so that's kind of like where I was at. I, I loved my job, but something wasn't right. Yeah, and.
0: and- like, that burning question, I think, is one that so many people have. They kind of know there's something else out there for them, but finding it or even putting their finger on what that is can be yes. a big challenge. Yeah.
1: And that's, so, that's what it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, how did you – so you, you took a trip to um, kind of start to figure this out.
1: Yes. I, I actually – but before the, the trip happened – I had a defining moment while I was working for, for the cruise line. And, um, I was working on a big, big project. And of course it had a short deadline and I came to work super early, like 6:30 or 7.00 AM. And, and by 8:30 I was frustrated and I didn't want to do this anymore. So I decided to go outside and clear my head and, and I saw the CEO pull up in his Ferrari and, um, he walked by me, smiled and said, good morning. So now he's, I mean, he's a very nice guy, super smart driven, Um, family man. But at that moment, I realized I know he knows that I am in the marketing department because we've had meetings together, but I wasn't sure he knew my name. And don't get me wrong. Like, it's okay. I don't blame him. He's the CEO. There were hundreds of employees. But I realized in that moment, why was I working really hard? What for? For whom? And that's when I made the decision to leave because I was like, okay, well, I have nothing to show for it. And I'm not talking about material stuff because I had, had material stuff to, to show how hard I was working, but nothing like fulfilling, nothing lasting, no legacy, no impact in the world, n- none of that. So, and I'm originally from France, so I decided to leave the U.S. and go back to France. And, um, and, and, and when I was planning the whole, you know, move back across the ocean um, my little voice inside was telling me to do it, but my head was like, no, don't go, don't go, just <laughs> stay here. And uh, I, I don't know why, but I listened. And I listened to that voice, and I did go. And three weeks after I was back in France, I just realized all I needed was a long vacation. And I was,
0: uh-huh. I just
1: needed a long vacation, and I was ready to go back to the U.S. But the little voice was like, no, no, you need to stay. So I stayed, and I got a job in marketing. And God bless France for that because I was able to enjoy five weeks vacation a year. And actually, that's when it happened because I was able to go on this trip that I just came across, um, you know, on Facebook, actually. I was working and I got frustrated. And now that I'm telling you the story, I feel there's a pattern. Every time I'm frustrated, I step outside (laughs) to clear my head. And, Uh And I went on Facebook and I see this advertising, you know, it's those sponsored uh, posts And it said, sacred journey to the Himalayas. And I thought, ah. oh, my God, that's my dream. And it had the sacred journey component. It had chanting. It had yoga. It had all these, like, different, quote, unquote, activities on top of the traveling. So I decided that I was going to go right there on the spot. So I emailed uh, emailed the guy, basically booked my trip the same day. Didn't even ask for the time off. And it was, like, a 15- or 20-day journey, but I just figured it's meant to be, they'll give it to me. And uh, that's what happened. That's what happened. And, and I didn't even give it any thought as to, I don't even know anyone that's going on the, on this group, on this journey. I don't, I don't, I just went and, and people around me, my friends were like, Oh my God, are you going by yourself? And I'm like, yes, (laughs) It never dawned on me. So, and, and I feel those are the moments where you just follow your gut, and you don't ask the unnecessary questions, and and you just go for it. And oh boy, that that trip really changed my life, like really.
0: What was so so? What was that experience like? You were there for you said fifteen or twenty days. Yeah, it was fifteen or twenty days. I forget, but
1: I mean, first of all, it was getting out of my comfort zone. Um, and 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 by getting out of your comfort zone, you get great insights as to who you are. You get to use your internal resources that sometimes you didn't even know you had. Uh, I mean, I know we don't have a lot of time, so I won't get into it, but if you can survive New Delhi, you can survive anything. (laughs) And it's a huge city. It's so different from everything we know. It's a super high contrast. And and honestly, sometimes I I wonder, like, oh, my God, what did I do? Why am I here? But somehow you make it through and, and you just keep going. But to make a long story short, um, by the middle of the trip, I was sitting on the hill, like surrounding, surrounded by the Himalayan mountains in in all of their majestic, you know, presence, and and I was simply taking it all in. Um, I was filled with gratitude. I do remember that uh, appreciation and and really feeling really really lucky. And, and I thought to myself, well, Maria, if you die tomorrow, I am totally okay with that, because you know, after a moment like this one where you feel nothing can be better. And I'm like, it's okay. I'm like, I've lived life to the fullest. I'm good. But I found myself wishing more people could feel this way. And I wanted to share this feeling with others. And, and that's, what, that's the thought that kind of prompted what was coming next. And, and I wanted them to experience this bliss. And, and all of a sudden, that's when I got my aha moment. And, you know, you, you always expect the aha moment to be full of excitement or, or like the heaven's open up and, and, and the divine light is shining upon you. And for me, it wasn't like that at all. It was just a simple knowing. It wasn't a belief, um, but it was a knowing from deep down or far above or both. But I just knew at that moment, that's what I, want, I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to help people go on this transformational travel journeys um, so that they can experience this feeling of change and transformation and, and clarity. And honestly, it, it also gathered all my childhood, childhood dreams and, and passions, which were traveling the world and be creative. I always loved um, art and photography and also helping other people. So this whole time I've been asking myself, what else could I do? I always felt I had to pick one. Either I'm a photographer, either I'm an artist, either I work in travel. But I never, it never occurred to me that I could bring all of them together under one purpose and um, so I don't know, but, but for me, it this this moment happened because I could hear it. I could hear it um, because I was a, I made space for it in my mind. There were there wasn't the white noise of noise of daily routine and thoughts, and there was space space for for me to hear it. And then yeah. once I like you can once you know you can never go back. You can never go back.
0: You can never go back. I mean, that sounds like such a profound experience. And you were able to have it because you were open to having it. You were not letting um, fear or maybe logic, you know, get in the way of, yes. well, I can't ask for the time off or I can't. And even when you left the corporate job in the U.S., it, it was mm-hmm. in the U.S., the the yes. cruise line thing. Yes. yes. So, like, even at that moment, um being open to doing what you knew you had to do led to all these other things. So do you, do you grapple with fear or did you just like, was that just not even an issue?
1: Oh no. (laughs) Oh, I was scared. All right.
0: (laughs) I was like in the beginning.
1: No, because I knew that's what I wanted to do. But when it came time to take action, that's when, that's when I felt the fear. But then like I don't know if you if you know the book uh, Playing Big by Tara Moore, and in it she describes fear perfect, perfectly. And and basically in Hebrew there are two words for it. There's prashad, which is like the projected or imagined fear, like you know from your rational lizard uh, reptilian brain. Yeah. Um, and then there's the word yira, also another Hebrew word for fear. But this one is when we we suddenly find ourselves in a like, um, possession of considerably more energy than we are used to. We feel bigger. We are inhabiting a larger space than we're used to. And, and that fear is exciting.
0: Hmm.
1: So you have both excitement and fear at the same time. And when you have those, that's when you know you're on the right path. And then sometimes you know, so you, you, you go for it. But then you always have the other fear, the projected fear. The fear of rejection, what if it doesn't work, fear of failure, fear of success, uh, fear. There's so many of them. But I guess what you, what you do is, or what I did for me is to not let that get in the way. And the way I was able to wrap my mind around it is I look back in my past experiences in life. And I realized that anytime I did something important, something that I accomplished something or created something. Fear was always part of it. So it's not that I was never scared, which is why I did it. I did it, although I was scared. So I kind of like, I just remembered how I would embrace the fear and be like, all right, well, you're my sidekick on this ride and we're going to go through it together, but don't, don't take too much space. In my head, like I will listen to you, I will be scared sometimes, but it ultimately, I will take action, and I will do it and and on some things, you know it takes you longer to kind of muster up the courage to do things anyway, and sometimes it doesn't take that long at all because you want it so bad, and um sometimes you you're so scared like you you didn't even start and, and you want to give up, but just keep listening to to that inner intuition, like it knows. And if we create the space for it, for us to listen to it, then we're more inspired to, to do the things whether we think we're capable or not.
0: You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. I love the idea of inspired action around um, anything that you want to achieve. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it does definitely resonate with me. And you see, so you kind of touched upon this idea of, travel as being transformational mm-hmm. and giving yourself space, getting out of your comfort zone. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I don't know if everyone listening has traveled, if people are um, hesitant to do it, but what right. are some of the um, t- transformations? What are some of the big changes people might experience? Sure. Um, well, for for me,
1: all travel experiences really are powerful. Um, they, they just open open your mind, and, and they give you a better, broader understanding and perspective of the world and people around you and ultimately yourself, you know. But transformational travel, for me, takes it a step further because it's it's about travel experiences that empower you to make meaningful, lasting uh, changes in your life. So, And that happens by gaining clarity, self-knowledge. It's really any travel experience where you come back different on a deeper level and you come back more in touch with who you are, with a better understanding of who you are which allows you to be more authentic and and show up in your everyday life in a more authentic way and um, like travel, transformational travel really pushes you out of your comfort zone Uh, you're able to step away from that daily routine and and you know we have about 60,000 thoughts a day and, and and most of them are about the same thing like if you really pay attention it's basically almost the same thoughts that you kind of recycle throughout the day and um so it kind of keeps us stuck you know and so and, and oftentimes those thoughts became become a belief so that's a whole different subject altogether but when you step away from your known environments, you're quote-unquote force. To, to have different kind of thoughts because you're experiencing different things so you make room for more thoughts different thoughts different questions um, you're just creating space for something different um, and you you also get a lot of contrast when you're traveling um, you you are able to put your you know your fingers on your limiting beliefs or uh, you get a lot of little aha moments like oh this is why I do this or this is what happens when I do this so it gives you a better understanding of your life, of your experiences, um, how you perceive things that um, you never thought, you know, like you, you realize some of your behaviors are automatic responses, you know, from, from your subconscious. And, and now they're in your awareness through the travel experience. So it, now you can do something about it. So you get, you get a lot of clarity, you know, from it.
0: Yeah, I've often thought, you know, if you get a chance to travel, do it, even if you mm-hmm. think you can't afford it, or you think you can't fit it in. Because mm-hmm. it, at least for me, I've never regretted taking yeah. an opportunity when it's come up. It's always been really cool, um, overall, um, you know, traveling I mean, anywhere, right? Uh, yeah, it's so true.
1: And and you know, a lot, I, I hear a lot of times, well, I, I don't always have the money to travel, I wish I could travel. And for me, it's, it's also about priorities. Like for me, I make travel a priority for me because it's for my own well-being. So there, there are things I don't spend money on because, well, I want to travel. But I also trust in the universe, you know, whether it's law of attraction or abundance or that sometimes if you don't spend time think, trying to figure out how you're going to get the money to go on this trip and you just put your intention out there that you want to go, somehow and and I don't know how it happens but it happens and it happens to me a few times on on trips that were a bit expensive and I'm like, "Well, I don't know, how I'm going to do this, but I really want to." And and then something happens, like IRS sending you a check for a refund they <laughs> forgot to send you or things like uh-huh. that. So I was just like, "If you if I don't ask how I'm going to go on this trip and I just say I want to go, sometimes it really really comes together." without me having to do anything for about it.
0: Yeah, and that's that's magical. I, I mm-hmm. love it when that happens. <laughs>
1: me too. Definitely.
0: And it and it does happen more often than people realize. Yeah. So yeah. Um I wanna to talk to you about the retreats. So you got interested in the idea of retreats and self transformation through um, you know, going on some of these mm-hmm. more structured trips. I, I guess they're more structured. Maybe I'm misspeaking there. No, no, um, no. yeah, but tell me a little bit about that and what was the appeal and, um, you know, has your kind of work with the retreats transformed? Because of course we're always evolving in ourselves and our work. Um, well,
1: retreats are really like a place. Um, how can I put this? Um, Retreats are like workshops on steroids, if you will. <laughs> okay. They're like they're like a spiritual boot camp. They um, they they're usually um, include some sort of teaching, physical activities, healing modalities, uh, but they're, they're usually all designed and geared towards accomplishing a goal, usually a personal development one. Um, they usually take place in international destinations around the world, or they can be, you know. Um, domestic and in, in the U.S. really depends, but they, they also always have a theme. So whether it's yoga, meditation retreat, or healing your inner child retreat, those are very popular. Or for example, a writer's retreat. So again, they're all trying to accomplishing to accomplish. I'm sorry, a goal by giving you the tools you need to grow, develop, and ultimately make that change you want to make. Um, so they're usually. Um, a inward and outward journey. So you get to visit amazing places, but at the same time, you're visiting you know, your inner self and, and you get in touch with your higher self and, and soul or whatever people like to call it. But it really changed lives and, and you, no one ever comes back the same. So a, a retreat is really a great way to gain perspective and understanding. Uh, you get to laugh a lot. You get to connect with people. You get to share. You get to push the boundaries of your self-limitations of whatever stories you've been telling yourself. Um, it helps you do the things you're afraid of because you're surrounded by like-minded people and most and people are supportive people. Most of them have had the same life experiences as you and, and there's no coincidence, but that's why usually a certain group of people is brought together. So you, it re- you feel empowered and, and it's something that you get to bring back with you and, and use in your everyday life. You know, you can draw back on these experiences uh, when things get tough. So they're they're added resources within yourself.
0: Yeah, it seems like all travel to some extent is probably transformational, but the retreats are like intentionally, everybody's going there with that intention, conscious intention. To have some change within themselves, right?
1: Exactly. You go there with the intention to work on something. Right. Definitely. Definitely, and and sometimes you end up working on something else that you had that was not even in your awareness, but that's what needed to come out, you know. And those
0: are always a big surprise,
1: and those are usually the ones where you gain the most from. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: definitely. No, that's awesome. So now with your work, you're um, not just going on a lot of retreats, but you're also helping to organize them, right?
1: I do, yes, because at, at first, my my original business model was. That I would plan, organize them, and then run them myself, Um, make them yoga, and then invite other speakers or, you know, someone else to add um, a different layer of um, transformation to the retreat. But then I realized it was not a very sustainable business model because, one, I'd be exhausted, so therefore the quality of the retreat would suffer, but also I I I wasn't going to be able to impact as many people as I would want to. And because there's power in numbers, um, I felt that if I could actually um, offer more retreats, that would help way more people. And the way I decide, the, the way I changed my business model for you know, part two of it is to promote other people's retreats. So for those that already have them um, planned and organized, I help them sell them and fill them. And others, I just help organize. Um, and plan their retreats and also offer marketing tools. So this way, you know, everyone can stick to what they love and do best. And we, we can this way offer the best retreat experiences to, um, to people. So I, that's why I felt like if, if there's more of us or if, if I can somewhat, somehow be a catalyst to offer more retreats, it, it would be more uh, aligned with what my original, you know, um, idea was
0: yeah that makes that makes perfect sense absolutely. like are there are there common characteristics of a good retreat that you found, or are there common mistakes that maybe beginner organizers of retreats tend to make?
1: Like a good retreat will always have a lot of transformational opportunities. Uh-huh. so usually the mistakes that I see often happening is it's twofold either. Uh, retreat leaders pack way too much activities into their retreat and not enough free time and reflection time etc or they don't do enough so people are left wondering and and they're not sure what to do next so it it all depends on the theme you're giving your retreat so once you you decide what you want to teach then you can build the experience around it Um, and then you have to look at who you're trying to help here you know if it's like single moms, you, 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 like planning a retreat in Bali sounds great, but a single mom can't really leave her kids for like a week and a half or two weeks and travel you know, around the world. So yeah, you really have to figure out exactly who you want to help, how you want to help them, and then from there decide the best retreat experience would be for them. So if it's like a fun uh, yoga retreat, then you have a little bit of yoga, a lot of fun activities and a lot of free time. That's what usually people would want. Um, But if you have like an inner child retreat for a healing retreat, for example, people are there to work. They want to talk. They want to get in touch with their inner child. They want to make progress. They want to understand things. So if there's not enough work time on those retreats, then, you know, people feel like they didn't get the most out of it. So I guess the, the idea behind all this is to remain consistent and and, and true to what you're trying to achieve. And even if you want to take them to so many different sites, if it's not aligned with your retreat theme and what you're trying to teach, then it's better not to do it. Um, And also, you know, not planning the retreats ahead of time and so that people don't leave themselves enough time to fail the retreats and sell it. Because organizing and planning, that's the fun part. Selling the retreat is is the hard part. I mean, right. I say hard, it it doesn't have to be hard, but that's what takes a lot of time, and 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 a lot of people get discouraged at that point when they they, they don't have to.
0: Like your services are interesting because not only do you help with the marketing part too, but I'm thinking like as a consumer, as somebody looking for. Uh, a retreat to go on, I feel like if you don't know if you're going in blind you know you you said that you booked that Himalayan mm-hmm. adventure without really knowing anything about it or knowing the guy or anything but if you really want to know you're going on a well organized retreat or going to get a good experience, you know you're one person people could you know check out what you're offering because there's a certain level of quality control there.
1: Yes, absolutely, Um, because I've been on awesome, awesome, great retreats, and I've been on not-so-great retreats. Also because of my travel background, I I know a lot of the, you know, um, how the travel industry works. For me, when when I choose to um, advertise a retreat, for me it's super important that it has components of transformation, of course, but quality. Like I put a lot of importance on the retreat leaders, Um, are they reliable? Are they quality oriented? And also what, where, where is the retreat taking place? Is everything taken care of? Is it an all inclusive, you know, things like that. So, because I would hate to send people on, on a retreat that doesn't um, suit them, where they come back bitter and and unhappy because that, that happens to me a couple of times. And, and I'm just like, why did I do that for? Uh, yeah, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. And so, yeah, before I put, I put a retreat, I mean, I do chat with the retreat leader. I do check a lot of the things that they offer. And most of them have testimonials. They've done it before. So I feel then, then I feel confident um, putting it on my website and, and, and offering it to, to people looking to go on retreats.
0: Right. No, that's great. It's so important, um, to do your research, but sometimes, you know, like I love to travel, but sometimes it, it is a leap of faith. You just don't know what yes. you're getting into. That's so true. it's good to have that level of quality. Um, definitely. And I certainly intend to look at your, uh, upcoming retreats and trips and see if there's a good fit for me there. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited. As I said, I love it. Um, we, have to wrap up this interview because we're coming sure. towards the end of our time. But is there anything else you'd like to add or share with the listeners before we do?
1: To do what makes them happy, you know. Uh, I know it's like this, everybody says that. But for me, the most important thing would be maybe figure out what you want, no matter what it is. If you spend time trying to figure out what you want, then that's when, that's when you can take the leap of faith and, and follow your heart and, and really live the life that you want. Because a lot of people can't figure out what they want. You ask them and they'll go, well, I don't know. I know I don't want to be here,
0: uh-huh. but
1: I don't know what I want to do. So really pushing to, fi- to figure out what is it, what is it we want. And, and we do that through contrast. That I know I don't like that, which means I probably would like that. just spend a lot of time in introspection. And, and also a lot of, a lot of um, answers lie in childhood. The oh. things that we're passionate about The things that we were dreaming about as children oftentimes are where the answers lie for, for what we want to do, our purpose in life. So when all else fails, just think about when you were little, what made, you, what made your heart sing? What did you love to do? Um, and oftentimes that's where the answers are.
0: Yeah, that is very astute and you know certainly important questions for people to ask that I think you're right. A lot of people don't ask or don't know, and I hope our listeners will be inspired to take the time to start to figure it out. Yes, definitely. And, and just keep in mind the difference between
1: the two fears, too. It, it's huge because thinking the good fear is the bad one won't. And you don't take action when actually you should have.
0: Right. Well, why don't you remind us one more time before we wrap up? What are the two different kinds of fears?
1: Oh, sure. So in Hebrew, the, the first one is Pashad, which is the irrational reptilian brain fear. And then there's Yira. And that one is the excited fear. That's the, you're, you're feeling like you're growing and expanding. It's scary, but still it's a, it's a more positive feeling. So when you feel that, you're on the right path.
0: Yes here's to everyone's era, expanded era. Yes, I
1: love it exactly <laughs> I
0: love it wow well, Nadia thank you so much. Um, how can people find you and work with you?
1: sure um, you can re- I mean you can go on my website it's called heart and soul dot com all in one word and um, there there's um, all the retreats for people to choose from and there's also a section for retreat leaders um, whether they want to advertise with us or, um, need help with marketing. So.
0: Oh, awesome. Well, I'll post those sites on, um, my page as well, but I want to thank you for talking thank with us you. today. It was thank great. you, Ellen. Yeah. I, thank I enjoyed you. it very much. Thank you so much. Sure. Yeah, I did as well. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's show. My guest was Nadia Gualteri. And you can find this complete interview and links to Nadia's website and her social media on our website, readysetgrit.com. Thank you again for joining us and check in again next Friday. Thanks, Nadia. Check in again next Friday when we release another episode with tips on how to turn your daydream into a fabulous day job. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, Links to our social media, and where you can access our ebooks and online classes. Ready, set, grit. Inspired actions, real results.